I'm Justin Onadram. And my name is Nariba Shepard. And, and this, this is Terms, Terms of Service. service. I love that that has become a tradition for I have you. to say it now because when I don't do it, you're like, the energy's not there. I <laughs> said that one time. Mm, one time. Was it? I think I said it one time, but I meant it multiple. <laughs> so, so I'm See, like, I got the message. No, it's okay. Ret- retro. Oh. Retroactively? Re- yes. Okay. There I was we like, go. retrospectively? No. no. Oh, like, That's I, not what I, I want. I got you. How are you doing? I Good mean, afternoon. I'm yes, it is the afternoon now. Yeah. I'm doing fairly okay. I'm very excited about our sit down today. Uh-huh. But I'm also sort of exhausted. Yeah. Because I got my work schedule uh, uh, emailed to me. Uh, and you know, it's Oktoberfest. You know, in the future past. So that's correct. Working at a beer and cider garden is it's a time. It is an absolute it's time. It's a time. I don't know why we give drunk people nails and hammers to put it in a stump, but oh. like we do it. It's happening. I mean But there's none of us walking around, so the liability part of it is very low. Cause we're all like in a hut. So it's not like we can see what people are doing. I love how specific yeah. this answer is. I mean, you got to protect your neck. I mean, <laughs> these are, these these are the facts. But well, um, where are you at? How is it going? Uh, it's going it's going well. It's going better than well. It's yes. going triumphantly. What? Yeah. I know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling a vibe. I mean, with those sunglasses. I mean, you know, you know what? Yeah, can't see shit, but I'm looking good. So <laughs> it is what it is. And and I'm not mad about it. It is um, a fashion forward day. Thank you so very much. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's all black all the time, uh, which everyone knows who is familiar with my aesthetic. But it is what it is. And I stand by it. I mean, I'm just saying that when we worked an event together, you were wearing a jean jacket in the middle of a sunny day. And ain't nobody talking about that. So okay. that's entirely I fine. mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm like, you know, it's it's okay. But. You've committed. Thank you. Yeah. Just like I am committed to my enthusiasm <laughs> for this episode. Okay. All right. See, I'm t- like, lean into know, it. I'm just, I'm leaning all the way into it. So as we always, always like to do, Kristen, I do not want to speak for you, but I am so, so, so involved that you have decided to, to join us. Yeah. And everyone, please welcome the wonderful Kristen Casa. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank yes. you. Yes. Yes. Hi, Kristen. How are you? Hi, I'm fabulous. Great. Well, so tell us a little bit about yourself, like your gespiel. Our, my spiel. Uh, yeah. My peers. pitch. My pitch yes. on me. Yeah. <laughs> if you had to tell you about you, I mean, it, mm, true. <laughs> I feel like it's changed, you know, recently. Yeah. So we'll give the most hyper update oh, of yes. me. Mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Uh, my name is Kristen Gaza. This is my radio voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am uh, fondly known by some in Chicago as Chicago's party mom, Mm -hmm. as a party producer in Chicago for 15 years and um, having a very maternal uh, uh, approach to space making and have very recently expanded that 
um, maternal title to uh, being a mother of twins. I gave yeah, birth to yes, twin girls. Thank you, yes, Jaden Nova. So exciting. Yes, very exciting. Yes. And they've only been home two weeks, so it's really um, just. I gotta give a shout out to my mom and my wife who are with the babies right now, so I could come here and continue my fabulous lifestyle yes. that no one said I would have once I had twins. And I'd like to say that I I am actively already proving them wrong. Yes. yes. You know what? You That's gotta keep moving. Absolutely. I mean, what am I gonna be a different person now? You know, like I'm not. It's funny. People have been like, well, how are you going to keep you know throwing parties? I'm like, uh, well, I'm gonna figure it out. Obviously. Yeah. Also, they sleep all the time. Yeah. I mean, right now, but you know. You can't do everything the same, obviously, and you figure that out. But it, it's something I've tried to like keep reminding myself is that it's temporary, and it's gonna these this time like right now, yeah, where they're yeah. at is gonna evolve, and we just you know we keep we keep on moving. So, mom is a big part of my identity, but you know having a a matriarchal role is specifically in the LGBT community for a long time. That's something that I think has like influenced and prepared me in certain ways for yeah for being a mom and um. I think the things that probably people would know me for are slow-mo, which is Chicago's, I, I believe, longest-running queer dance party, 11 years. Slow jams Amazing. for queer I mean, yes. when I moved yeah. to Chicago nine years ago and change, that was, like, one of the first yes. things that I ever went to. Yay. And I can't remember exactly the location. Oh, I don't think there. that place... Is, <laughs> I was it the Whistler? I, is it open still? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, it was a really small. What's is, is it okay? Yeah, small yeah. with a stage. And yes. Yes. That's okay. It. Mm-hmm. So Chris is like that was like was the first thing. And I remember thinking like because I moved here from Vermont. Hey. I know. I didn't get to say well, that. I feel ten generation Vermonter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we okay. the I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, we're gonna move right into the background once we're wrapping up. Right. And then, yes. And so the only thing that I had in college was, oh my god, it was on Friday nights once a month in the venue space in South Burlington. Why is the name of it just oh, gone from oh, my brain? At uh, Higher Ground. Higher Ground. Yes. First Friday. Yeah. I think that's what it was called. And that was oh. like, I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then I come to Chicago and they're like, we're shitting on it every day of the week, baby. Gay <laughs> shit everywhere. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And that's the best. That's my favorite thing about the party is when people who are new to the city are trying to find their way, trying to find their community. And then a, I can't tell you how many times people have said it was like coming home. And mm. it's huge, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think especially coming to a new place, a new city in general, but then also if you're, you know, trying to find community, if, you know, based on like maybe a marginalized identity. Um, and so that's that's really special, like having people still share to this day that um, they met their family there, their friends, their partners, their mm-hmm. lovers. I mean, my my wife and I met at Slow Mo yeah. at my own party. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Alexis and I met at Slow Mo six years ago, and then we were married with children now. Yeah, oh, we're not the only ones. There's yeah. tons of people who mm-hmm. have That's beautiful. Yes, met and then and then had Slow Mo DJs DJ their weddings. Oh, and yeah. So it's you know it's really beautiful, and I I didn't know. I really didn't plan to. It started as a monthly party. It started as a monthly party at the Whistler in this small mm-hmm. space. Um, 
um, all vinyl. So Tess, DJ Tess, um, was the the co-founding. She was my co-founder and founding DJ, and she would play all vinyl, which is a real tall order for five hours. Yeah. So that eventually Absolutely. evolved, of course, but it, you know. It was just really special. It's this small little space, and when you co- when you walked into that room at the whistle, you just were hit by it. Mm-hmm. It was very hot too, but it was this small little hundred capacity space and stage, and it was really special. And um, we have you know since let that stay in the past pre pandemic, and now we're in this new era of whatever this is right now. This mm-hmm. endemic. Um, <laughs> and yes. uh, so the whistlers. Sister Venue Sleeping Village, which is also a concert venue, we've done different shows there. Cause we, we don't just do dance parties, we've done concerts, you know, Millennium Park last year, done things yeah. all over the city. And we just did That was a, sick. Did you go yes. to Divas? Yes. Oh, sick. Man. That was the highlight of, of my life. Bro. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So to, like, just yeah. to clarify what we're talking about is... Um, the summer concert series in Millennium Park in Chicago, which is, is really special. Um, I think the best example of like unifying Chicago, this free concert series. Yep. And it's been my goal, like my you know 15 years of my life is like, and, and live entertainment was to do a show in Millennium Park. Mm-hmm. So it was their first concert uh, since the pandemic. So first show in Millennium Park in two years was my show, which was called Divas Through the Deck. I'm Every Woman, Divas Through the Decades. Yes. Mm-hmm. And because slow-mo, it really pays homage to and celebrating women in music starting in the 70s to today, we did a dedication to women in music and went through the eras of the mm-hmm. 70s to today, of course, starting with Diana Ross and all the way to, you know, Robin. Um, and Kenya, who's an amazing singer, composer, pianist, put together like an eight, a 10-person band. We had all these like guest vocalists that came out and we did the show in Millennium Park and it was just so special because it was the first slow-mo in a year and a half so bringing people together that in this free outdoors yep. all ages right. people coming from all over the city people who didn't know anything about slow-mo it was also our 10-year anniversary so yes. it's oh, a wonderful um, way yeah. to celebrate that so it was like it was you know multifaceted a culmination uh, yes culmination thank you yes. that is what I was looking for yes. but I I just have to because we went so far we, away from so like, what is no, your no, no, sign? No, you're entirely fine. But like we have to rewind it back because There's we so want to give about. you the proper intro okay. that you deserve. Right. Okay, we're rewinding so, it back. We already were getting into stories. So, That's the thing. I'll yeah, just start with stories. No, 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 we're part it, of the problem. Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> it was like because, a story that came because out of you want to share the stories. <laughs> we want to hear those stories. So I'm like, this is this is absolutely amazing, Nariba. Yes. Okay. But. What is your what's your sign? Okay. Give us the rising. Give us that moon. I'll give it to give you. Give us a chart because I'm loving the energy when people know the chart. Yes. I could tell you the things. Okay. I'm all like pretty much all water and earth. So I'm a cancer mm-hmm, sun. Mm-hmm. Capricorn rising. Yes. Yes. And Virgo moon. Oh my god. And my Taurus and uh, Venus. Okay. So wow. it's all all earth and water, pretty much. Yeah. And Mercury and Mars are both in Cancer. Oh my God. Oh, we were Mercury and Mars. Yeah. Oh my I God. think that's the first time okay, we've ever done that. Okay, so my <laughs> Venus is in Pisces, and it's my downfall. Oh. I feel like oh. because I'm so too wild. romantic. Aren't Pisces emotional. Very, I'm a t- yeah. my, my like yeah. I want like romance Very. novel yeah. level shit to happen in my life, but <laughs> I'm like a basic bitch. But I'm like desperately <laughs> like give me that romance. Untrue. But like Untrue. I'm attracted to assholes. Mm. But like. 
I love my boyfriend so much, Andrew. I love him so much. I didn't mean but you. He's, but he's an <laughs> asshole. Not saying and you. I love him. A good maybe, asshole. Yes. Asshole. Yeah, but know, okay, um, so the, my reaction to your Virgo moon and Capricorn rising is just because. Vir- so uh, Virgo, yeah, Virgo moon, Capricorn, right? Correct, yeah. Yes. It's like a foundation for cancer yes. to like yes. actually fulfill all of the yes. tasks that they want. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Oh, amazing. It's like high functioning empathy. That's what yes. I say. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause but, like, cancer on its own is like, people will be surprised. You know, I don't think it's surprising at all on a cancer, you know, it's like the maternity, you know, again, speaking of motherhood, like the, the mother sign. Oh, so, 110. Yeah. Yeah. I think it makes sense, but I don't think I, well, We'll, have, we'll we'll ask uh, my girlfriends and my wife, but I don't think I'm that uh, moody. Like I don't think that I. Okay. Well, I, that's because they you always have say the structure cry on babies. both sides. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> Ruby, another Cancer, yeah. another Vermonter. Yes. She, I love her so much, but I think our friendship works because. I will always be a voice of reason Mm. because she will be like, I've decided this is what I'm going to do and I want to do it. And I'm like, you know what? Go for it. However, if some shit happens, I'm going to let you know that maybe you had just a little boundary, but I love her so much and I'm excited to get mail from her soon. (laughs) I love mail. I know. That's it. That's all I got. Well, so but, every yeah. every time we do this, I just keep like sinking deeper and deeper into my into my seat, being mm-hmm. like, I'm learning so much. Yeah, and but you know so much that I don't know. You know? So fair. we're learning from each other. And I absolutely, absolutely adore that. Like okay. I know how to send emails now. Yeah. And I am so glad if that is one thing that we have learned from one another is like you can hit reply all. And it is a couple of recordings. A couple of recordings ago, Justin, I showed him how many unread emails I have, and he almost died. Wrong move. Wrong move. (laughs) But I was like, but I'd be open in yours, so. So for those of us that follow terms of service here, um, we can identify that that is not the full truth here. I mean, most Eventually, of it, like 95% she of them. does open all of it. It might not be on time, <laughs> but I'm always there when you call. We can't What's sing that song. Can, I'm an Aries. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Fiery. Yeah, with a Sag moon. What's your rising? Virgo. It's the only reason. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only thing holding me down. Because I always just want to burn shit to the ground. And everyone's like, but maybe we shouldn't. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have bail money. So yeah, maybe we shouldn't. It's fair. Growth. That is mm-hmm. Hashtag growth. That's yes. what I'm saying. I'm like almost a self-actualized Aries. Yep. I'm Elijah, almost there. Another Aries. Uh, my, shout so out to Elijah. Elijah, my yes. co-founder, yes. my sister, my friend yes. in reunion, which I'm sure we'll talk, ha- we have to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I, the most Aries of Aries. <laughs> the epitome of Aries. But I would say, again, another like, uh, uh, another growth moment, a person who is incredibly brilliant but yet fiery but has evolved in that and that fire oh yeah i think I, that that's what the it's all about right it's, it's about growth yeah. and like seeing it and, and making the change yeah honoring what is really wonderful about those those things those qualities that you have and then where they're they're holding you back my dad um i use this 
this quote that he says a lot, which is um, that your greatest strengths are also your greatest liabilities. Mm-hmm. This is the idea that, like, not your weaknesses. There, it's just that sometimes it can hold you back in certain ways. Oh, and yeah. it can also, in other times, be your strength. Yes. No, absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> so. The size. So. And now we can fast forward back into the empire that you have built uh-huh. with but but <laughs> oh, pause pause for the beverage yes because oh, right. i would love to cheers you oh yes. okay you. and this wonderful wonderful beverage offering is coming Delicious. from our friend cheyenne english also known as miss perfect pour mm. on instagram mm. and this is <clears throat> justified mm. Anyway, him for him, (laughs) right? And so (laughs) it is blackberry, rosemary, maple, cardamom, and lemon. So you're going to be looking for some wood, woodsy Mm. spice here, Mm. and entirely spirit free. Oh my gosh, and maple. I mean, mm-hmm. we know yeah. something about maple. Listen, you're listen, I the Vermonters, yeah, no. The Vermonters, my family makes the Vermonters, it. Yes. <gasps> yeah. My cousins are still carrying that tradition on yes. from my uncles and grandfather, yeah. I walked the fuck this out of fire. a restaurant here because they yes. said they had maple syrup yeah. coming out with a French toast and it was not nope. maple syrup. Nope. And, and they, I nope. threw my money down and I left. I didn't even eat my food. So you understand. So this is the thing. People think Vermonters are crazy for this, but listen, you come to the Midwest. I used, people thought I was crazy. I would bring maple syrup with me to breakfast. And mm-hmm. I, or I'd look it up and be like, does that restaurant have maple syrup? The actual maple syrup, Because though. they look at you, they look at you like you're like, if they're like, I feel like I'm going to sound so I'm not ignorant. sure. And then you're like, oh, you don't have it. Yeah, You no. know if you yeah. had the maple syrup. It, it tastes expensive. different. It's expensive. It is. So worth it's worth it. It's worth I've it. realized just through our work together, mm-hmm. you know, it's like when I think of Vermont, I think of two things. Okay. Oh, are they? Oh, I'm so excited for you. Well, one of which is this amazing chef by the name of Nick Lacasse. I love him so much. Hello, Nick. Um, he is doing his thing as he always has and he continues to kill it. And then also I think of Super Troopers. Oh, okay. Oh. So I yeah. never watched, I didn't watch yeah, Super like, I mean, Troopers. It's not you know, until after one I left is Vermont. not like the other. So yeah, I didn't I, know. I, I watched it when I moved here to Chicago. Right. And when I started watching, I was like, oh my God, that's in Vermont. And then I was like, it's just a bunch of like stoner yeah. cops. Yeah, essentially. I mean, it's, it's full like, on stoner comedy. Um, but the back backdrop is gorgeous. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, the comedy is, uh, it's, 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 it's giving 2008 I was just gonna l- say, like lens. Yes, you have to like right. put on that lens. Oh, it's to not enjoy giving 2022. No. No, 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 stoner cop comedy. And, no. And, or, and especially not watching it. No, I went, no, not, I went not at all. This to, was back in the day. Yeah. So, you know, a TBT moment. So, yeah, 2000s were an interesting thing. It's a different country in time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally a different country. I'm like, <laughs> what were the rights here? Do we have laws? <laughs> nothing. Nothing yeah, existed. I mean, you know, some but, had more more rights back back then than they do today, which is fucking insane. Yeah. The full but, no, I went know. back to Vermont last year for a wedding. One of my college friends, like, slash my like best friend, got married, and his wedding was right outside of uh, Waterbury. Mm-hmm. No. Sugarbush. Mm-hmm. Well, spent. Yeah, yeah you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we oh. went to brunch. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
We went Can't to wait to feel those DMs. And, uh, <laughs> it's going to happen. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I went inside to grab something, and I was like, coming back out, and everyone at the table I was sitting at like got up, and I was like, what's going on? And they're like, there's a fucking bear... Oh like right there and it just like walked oh. up to like one of the was tables meant to rhyme? and people didn't know well it did though damn oh. i'm here for it <laughs> and people were like yep this is regular this like he I just comes around regular. here all that, the time oh yes. yes and then this like 17 year old like busser comes out and he's like i'm just gonna Shoot. follow him and make sure that he's like gone he like apparently goes into the trash and stuff a lot but when I told my like friends, I was like, yeah, you know, Vermont's like in a lot of places still very rural, but the commu- sense of community is always strong. They weren't expecting like bears to be part of the community. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But right. Yeah. I just, I miss it so much. But Same. I always say that like Vermont is a good place to like raise a family, yes. but it's not a great place to like do all your dreams yeah. which is why i would moved you say here that it's not ideal to grow a family it's a i mean or i think it's an that- amazing because it you know just nature there's yeah. such a value in like being yeah. outdoors and quality of life i mean it depends what you're looking for it's also yeah. one of the whitest places in the I country mean, you know right. yeah. so yeah. that's a factor for some people and that's yeah. real because i mean i've always I've literally just all, always wondered that, and but not entirely. You know, yeah. you know I know, know what there are pockets of it. Pockets where yeah. you find your. Well, people. I was in Burlington, exactly. So right. it was like a little bit more diverse, right? But like going snowboarding <laughs> in Sugarbush, right. like right. that's. I'm like, oh, it's just me today. <sighs> I am representing for everyone. Every time, <laughs> say, every time you say Sugarbush, Sugar Bush, mm-hmm. I think of. Uh, Nutbush. What's that? Um, what's love got to do with it? Uh, oh. Yeah. I can Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Specifically Ooh. Tina Turner. Yeah. Yeah. So all uh, the that memories. That is not a VH, that we're going to go VH1. down. Just, living in I'm my just brain. Saying, it's just like, you know, in the studio, mm-hmm. Nutbush. Oh. Nutbush. And I'm just... I'm just gonna leave it, leave it okay. right there. Okay. So, am I gonna have to rewatch that? Probably. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a moment. Angel Bus. It's incredible. Man. So I just good. watched it again last year. Oh my god. Yep. What's I don't love know. got to do with it? Yes. Oh, I'll watch How it much right did now. you cry? I oh, it cried. Like 100% of the... T- See, I feel like emotionally, I'm not ready for that rewatch yet. Yeah. Because That's I... Okay, so I went to the Selena tribute concert that they did in Millennium Park. Oh, this, yeah. This, like, last Friday oh, for cool. my friend's, like, bachelorette party. Okay. Shout out to Shelly. She's married. Rochelle, I love you. Congratulations, anyway, congratulations. Yes. Um, but I cried 100% of the entire time we were there. Oh, From the moment man. I got there, it was just like the overwhelming love yeah. and sense of yeah. community from everyone who That's was there. Yeah. And like... We had to eventually leave because she was like, you are literally running out of tears. And I felt bad because I was like, we're going to do this thing for you. You love Selena. I love Selena. Like, let's go do it. But she literally had to, like, walk my ass out of there because <laughs> she was like, was, it's time for you to go. She was like, are you I don't know if you're having a good time or not. I was like, I can just feel everyone. Yeah. And I you're like, think, I'm just super emotional and I feel a lot of feelings. Yeah. And I think that's like full circle back to how being at a lot of your events felt like like when you oh. had um slow-mo at the chicago athletic association for new year's oh did, wait were you at that i was there <laughs> oh, yes, I am. oh my god 
the Slow Motel. It's really it proud was of that name. so yeah. good. Yes. Oh, yes, as so, you should. I'm yeah. so happy you got to experience yeah. that. That was, mm-hmm. I mean, in that ballroom, and I think like that's a great example of like taking over spaces, especially which I'm sure we'll talk about more of like us not having a lot of our own spaces. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, really great because they had just opened, and so they didn't have anything booked yet. It's very right. expensive. You know, it's the white ballroom or whatever they call it. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And then we got to just like bring all these, you know, these queers, queers into the yeah. space mm-hmm. and, and wa- the fireworks over. And it the was water. a beautiful. But not only that, but like very vibrant in their uh, yeah. presentation, their absolutely. identity. Yeah. And there's always something happening and engaging you yes. and the performances. Yeah. It was So like it becomes, it, and we will definitely get, get into this more as this conversation evolves. Uh, it's it's less of a party, but like more of like a movement. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and I think that that's absolutely beautiful. Okay. One thing that I, you're very welcome. One thing that I want to rewind back to <laughs> before we get too far, but I I'm loving this. How did you get to Chicago? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of Vermont, so I went to Columbia College, okay. and I, I what mean, did I, you study? I, Marketing and theater, mm-hmm. um, a, a little bit of a theater background, yes. theater, theater, yes. theater, theater. Um, which I feel you know with events and is like you know, that. You're putting it to work, exactly. Yeah. Theatrical, yeah. Um, being on stage and having to speak in front of people, of course, got a little bit of training for that. But um, I knew I needed to live in a city. You know, like it, I love Vermont, and I, I still do. And um, I love growing up there, mm-hmm. but it's just you know it's just too small for me. Um, it's so beautiful, and I'm very, you know, grateful that I got to have such a relationship with nature. Yep. Um, and I can't wait to bring my little baby. Yes. Oh, I'm dreaming of that, like bringing them yeah. go apple picking. Um, oh. uh, but you know, so I came to um, Chicago, and I haven't left. I didn't plan to be here for two decades, but I've been here 19 years. Yeah. Wow. So I just didn't leave, you know. And I'm I work with lots of artists, and I've like mentored many and I see lots of people come and go sometimes come back to Chicago and something I always tell people is like you can leave you can always come back to Chicago it yeah. is one of those places that go mm-hmm. explore allow yourself to evolve because right. it can be hard a lot of folks in especially like creative roles to feel like you've hit a ceiling especially mm-hmm. in, right. if you're a performer you're in live entertainment you're in, in any kind of entertainment but I I, I didn't I didn't leave I stayed I've you know I always wanted to go and live somewhere else and I've yeah. talked about it but I have a very interesting relationship to Chicago is like my is like my long term college girlfriend and we're yes. still together mm-hmm. and we love that and we're very comfortable and there's the nostalgia but there's the things that continue to drive me crazy I'll get better and then it comes back but it like fits that is such a good way to phrase it yeah. yes yeah. Yeah. long term like college it's girlfriend it's really what yes. it is after two decades and you know my wife and I have talked about leaving but I think it's I'm happy to be here we're so lucky to have an incredible village of people to support us while we're entering the, our parenting era and mm-hmm. you know just see what the what the future brings but that's what brought me to Chicago is college and then in I started throwing parties when I was 21 like right out of the gates really so it's been and I'm I'm set, I'm 37 so it's been almost 16 years yeah. like in the in the industry yeah so I'm I'm so fascinated by by this because 
<laughs> just being in a city that you're not familiar with, mm-hmm. um, do you believe that you started throwing parties as a means of connection mm. or like where I love that question? Yeah. So, um, actually there's a specific reason when I really started it as like, you know, uh, falling into it more as like a role as a party promoter and and professionally, which is, um, I was producing a documentary called fish out of water, which was, um, and we were working on that from like 2007 to 2009 and, and totally different time for LGBT rights. Right. And it was, um, a film by Kai, a filmmaker named Kai Dickens, um, long friend of mine about, uh, the Bible and homosexuality and specifically these what are called like the clobber passages that are used from the Bible to make mm. a case um, against yep. gay people and mm. um, I fell into like producing that with her and part of our fundraising strategy was this party that I threw my very first party and it was a, a like kind of flash fundraiser a $5 cover and that cover went to supporting the film and it was in the back of the Holiday Club. And this Ooh, small holiday. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In this little room, which is actually a really cool room in the back. You, yeah. If you might not even know it's there if you were only ever went in the main room space. That's that where Irving, they did. Irving and Sheffield? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Sheridan. Sheridan. Sheridan, that's right. That's, that's where right. my yeah. friend yep. threw my viewing party for when I was on Guy's Grocery Games. Oh, my. Wait. Okay. Can we just put a pin in something? Okay. We have to talk about Guy Fieri. <laughs> yes. No, I'm serious. No, yeah, yeah. You know about my Guy Fieri. No, my, I, don't I actually know. have a very unironic love for him, and we're gonna get to it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but we're talking about we're talking about role play. So my first party yes. was called Role Play. Mm-hmm. And it was costume themed. So you would come in whatever the theme was. And um, I was working in marketing for Whole Foods at the time. I went right into out of college working for Whole Foods in Evanston. It was like their marketing specialist, which back in the day before Whole Foods was owned by, like ruined by being owned by Amazon. It was a totally different company yeah. work where I loved working for, for Whole Foods. And they had a marketing specialist like working in the store to really make sure there was like community impact and you had a budget budgets that went to impact in the community and in the store. I was like 20. Like like literally a block away. Yes, exactly. And I was 21 with like working with three budgets, managing four people, being so hungover after going to parties or throwing my own. (laughs) Coming in, I was like in charge of like the cooking classroom where you used to have classes and I'd just like get a slice of pizza. Uh Get some pizza and just like some coffee and go in there and try and like get myself together. And the, the sign maker, who's like the graphic designer and chalkboard artist, and everything was my friend Gertie and they would make hand draw the slow the not slow-mo, the role play flyers <laughs> mm-hmm. and up and we'd upload them to MySpace and the party was promoted MySpace. through MySpace. MySpace. It exists wow. in a MySpace vacuum. That's yeah. where yes. I don't even know, like I can't even really remember how, but because there's no way to access it. But right. and I have no like photos or I don't have anything left from it. But anyone that knows me or knows it's still out there. Is the internet is forever. It's true. I mean, yeah. I, I'm like, give me that password. But <laughs> but so my first party was role play, and the themes were like hats, and you just had to come in a wild hat. I mean, it's so silly. And um, Alink, who now goes by Alinka, but Elena, my friend Elena, who's a, actually a very well known international DJ. I didn't even know she played, but she was she played the music. I had a little point and shoot camera, take photos of people, yeah. and that was my first party. And um, and simultaneously for Whole Foods, and I went to work for the Reader, and we established the Reader. I, I had gone through a bunch of changes. Um, 
bankruptcy. And even recently. Bankruptcy, yes. And and I came back to the reader uh, two years ago when they were working toward, when they were purchased again and working toward becoming a nonprofit. So I actually worked at the the reader in two eras. And so that, you know, and uh, my first job in Chicago was with Time Out Chicago when Time Out was a magazine. It was a weekly magazine. It was And not this food hall that's like right up the street? There was no food hall. It was Was a weekly magazine. The flyers and the like, the free flyers and a mate, like... Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like a mailer. No, even before, before that, even so even before that, that you had a subscription. Is I mean, they had a TV section and a sports section, and it would say what was going on that week. And there was wow. a gay and lesbian section in there, and that's I how I learned it. so much of the gay things. Is like coming out when I was t- twenty and finding places to go, and mm-hmm. so I interned there and um, then worked there part time before going to Whole Foods. So you know, a lot of media experience. Did events with them, and then was at the Reader, and then I left the Reader when. Uh, it was sold to Sun Times, mm-hmm. and um, then I started my company, No Small Plans Productions, which yeah. is ten so, on November. Well, 10 happy years. anniversary! Thank you. So you know, it's um, been the last few years being in the in the industries that were in hospitality and 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 alive entertainment and nightlife. Like, woo, we've real, really been through it, you know. Yeah, yeah. But we're still here. Yeah. Uh, and getting really creative with how to navigate those times. And, and we were talking about slow-mo earlier. My party sort of fast forward later. I started slow-mo in 2011. And that just came from a desire to like be in a more sensual, like an intimate space with queer people and specifically queer women. Like I was single at the time and I'm like, I just want to listen to Janet Jackson, you know? Yep, yeah. mm-hmm. And really that's where it started. I was listening to like, love, that's the way love goes um, on my disc, man. On I think repeat. I still was using a disc yeah. at the time. Very old school. I still go to the newspaper. Was it on, on repeat? Because yes. it did, yeah, yeah. And I was be, like, I want to yeah. go somewhere yeah. like with good lighting, first of all. Yeah. And I want to sit in a booth. I don't want to be like cramped. Mm-hmm. You know, I want right. and I want to enjoy this experience and so I started slow-mo and um originally like that that tagline was uh slow-mo slow jams what am I why am I forgetting this um (laughs) so other people would be able to know it um um, for homos and their fans and so there's the idea of like always wanting people to feel and now it's slow jams for queer fan but always wanting to feel that anyone was welcome at this party for me it's always been more about like vibes and values mm-hmm. and the music is very 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 important to this party it sets so, a mood very yeah. much so and you know it creates when you're talking earlier and I know it's also like the soul of an event a soul yeah. exactly yeah. and you know it it really creates a different environment and people respond to that and I think it's that with the music in addition to having it be a, you know, femme founded and ran space. And so you have what I call like the femergy. You feel that mm-hmm. in the space and people are very responsive to that. And that doesn't need to be limited just to women. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been really important to me to make sure that it is not just like pigeonholed as that. Right. So that's, you know, I think a lot of times you start some, if you feel there's a need and you don't see it, you're usually onto something. Mm-hmm. So I right. did that because that's what I wanted. I wanted to just like be able to have a more interesting environment I didn't like going out to the gay bars and boys that I never felt comfortable there um, and I the like wanted to listen to more mid-tempo music yep. and not this like high octane high BPM dance music that I think a lot of people actually don't even really want to listen to no, either you just wanted a 
like a groove. Yeah, a groove. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I, that's what I refer to as like being centrally queer. Mm. I want to be centrally oh, wow. queer. Yeah. You know, I want yeah. to be able to like feel. You know, and people really feel themselves at slow mo. It's like it's true. They feel, yeah, and yeah. that's what we deserve. That you know, we get gassed up because it's hard out there. It is. <laughs> it's real Absolutely. rough out there, really do, especially man. lately. Yeah. And the party yeah. through the time of being 11 years, we've seen so much. I mean, it feels like an innocent era before 2016. Mm. When things started, and not just with the election, but there was so much going on. And, you know, slow-mo would hit when there would be, it, just timing-wise, right after a tragedy, a death of an innocent mm-hmm. black person. Yeah, you know, and we're coming in and we're doing candles and we're having a moment for them. Like, it was over and over again. But also, David Bowie died. Yeah. Prince died the day of slow-mo. Oh. So people, you know, as you can imagine. You come in with that. Yes. Yes. Energy, but also you want it to be a sense of celebration. Exactly. And that's what, you know, I think I realize it's like we, I would think like, oh my gosh, we need to take a whole moment of silence. We need to do a big thing. And then I get into that space and be like, oh, actually what people really want and need right now is to have this space that feels like they can exist and feel good and feel okay with that before going back into the bullshit and the difficulties and the challenges that feel can feel so overwhelming and inescapable outside of um, this like little environment that we've created. Yeah. Yes. That, I mean, that's beautiful. And I, I'm loving I'm I'm loving this this conversation, but I have to ask you something very, very directly. Yeah, of course. Um, because we all know that it's not always roses out here. Uh Mm -hmm. So Right. As as a white woman in queer spaces and building out Mm -hmm. queer spaces and correct me if I'm wrong, like when I say building out, please please correct what like my vocabulary. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, think, but yeah, that's, I knew what you were saying. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, um, because it's even more critical for like black, brown, like trans, you know, identifying individuals, right? Mm-hmm. So how, like, did you experience any sort of like... Tension? Tension, pushback, any like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, how, I How think was that for you? I, I listen... I see, at its best, feedback mm. is a gift. Yes. Feedback Agreed. is a gift if you are listening. And um, the party, you know, we played a lot of R&B, with a lot of black-rooted music. Mm-hmm. So over time, thinking about, you know, how we're making sure that investment is being reciprocated. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there it is fact, of course, right, being a, like a white woman creating, like, or, you know, facilitating, I should say, right. these spaces. Mm-hmm. Right? That's like an empirical fact. So it's about who are, who's being brought in, who's being showcased. Mm-hmm. How are you telling the story and not just playing the music? So, for example, when we've featured, in, you know, an artist every month, I'm going to tell the story of Patrice Russian and why Patrice Russian is so important and maybe hasn't gotten the platform and the story told about how prolific of an artist this artist mm-hmm. was, right? That she's like an incredible pianist and all these things that maybe people wouldn't know in general, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, A, the history. History's always been really important with Slimo. And two, who is being invested in and like right. over time being able to create that platform 
so that people are getting, not only artists are getting that visibility when they play the party, but also paid. Yeah. So the reason... And who's like, who it's being marketed towards and where it's being showcased and marketed to. Specifically like the activation of of it all. Yeah. But I want to make sure I'm like really speaking to your question because I really am like grateful that you asked that because I almost feel like and sometimes when I've done interviews we're talking about it people don't and it's important to talk about it is yeah and it shouldn't be um like scary either this is other kinds of like discourse that like we need to have rather than just like having them in sideline conversations so you know it's been a, a learning opportunity and for me I want to make sure that the music and the culture is being celebrated, but it's about always knowing like when you're stepping in and when you're stepping back Mm -hmm. Um, and who else has agency. So part of the reason why with having this party at Sleeping Village as of late, it's been great is because, you know, yes, we are charging a ticket, but it's a sliding scale ticket. And so you can be empowered by which price ticket aligns with, you know, where you're at financially but mm-hmm. also that revenue has allowed us to pay people better and that's really important yes so you know and then the fact that a lot of the spaces that you work in are accessible to people yeah. who have physical yeah. like needs that yes. need to be met exactly so i always like when flyers started coming out and people like started being like we have wheelchair access mm-hmm. and stuff like that i was like slow-mo has been doing that <laughs> so it's like you were living in the future in some respects yeah i think there was thank you i appreciate that like there's an approach it has evolved and i think grown you know if you're like i said if you're listening to strength in that but i think there ha- it has been rooted in that for a long time and um you know when you're thinking about um in, you're never going to be able to, I, I, like I say, I don't ever call spaces safe spaces mm. because I can't identify what is safety for you and it is too unpredictable. And quite frankly, I think it puts way too much expectation and pressure and responsibility on the space makers, whether that's like party promoters or whether that's the venue, mm-hmm. to dictate what that safety is for you. And you're mm-hmm. entering yeah. an unsafe environment. There's drugs, yeah. there's alcohol, it's crowded, it's dark. There's fog machines, there's whatever. There's people coming in with their stuff. Yeah. We can't call that, for, in my opinion, a safe space. That doesn't mean that there can't be a feeling of safety right. for people. Yes, yes. It's I also feel like safe space is this... It's, umbrella term. It's this umbrella yeah. term that is you know, trying to truly encompass the framework of a dialogue that is supported by others. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that language safety or inclusion or all these things have really just been very, like, commodified. And mm-hmm. I'm just a big, like, in this whole conversation we're having, I think the important, like, an important thing to be anchored by is, like, action, not just words. Right. And so mm-hmm. when you look at talking about that all yeah. season long, <laughs> where so can you see yes. it? Yeah. And so with you're saying about if there was that tension, it's like to listen, but it's a, it's a fine line because you, when you have something that's reaching so many people, it's very challenging to try and accommodate everyone. You're never going to win. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So really. And also I think in like a, 
social media has changed so much in the, the 15 years that I've been working in nightlife, right? Like mm-hmm. I mentioned, my first party was via MySpace, right? And yeah. then we had Facebook. We were using Facebook for events a lot. Now no one's using Facebook. Now we're using right. Instagram. Then now people are going to TikTok, right? It's constantly changing. But also because of that, it's so fast. We can, you know, pile up on something or mm-hmm. someone and then it can disappear again. And it's a lot more challenging. It requires more bravery and more investment to have a conversation, yep. to work on a plan over time, to not say, oh, I'm going to just change this by saying something or putting something on a flyer or trying to troubleshoot or, you know, try and not actually take accountability. And, and with Reunion, which we haven't talked about, but Elijah and I's mm-hmm. space, you know, our sliding scale. Yeah. It was a beautiful, beautiful space. Oh my gosh. It was. Yeah. And, you know, it was very challenging because we were trying to survive. And I immediately think of uh, the event that we collaborated on, You're Welcome. Yes. Love. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. You're welcome, meaning like you're <laughs> yeah. welcome. And also for Elijah and I, it was also like, you're welcome because this is <laughs> yeah. this like gift of space. And so just for yeah. some context for people listening, we had this space in, in Chicago it started out as like an experimental project. We wanted like a co- place to do work, co-working space, event space, because there wasn't spaces where we really felt like aligned with our values or identities in Chicago. And we opened this large 3,000 square foot space and there's hundreds of events that happen over time and a sliding scale rental price and also developed more into like mentorship and investment with um, having more classes and workshops and, you know, also an alternative space to bars and nightlife where um, bars and clubs where queer people often are congregating for lack of other spaces. Yeah. And so that's what it was. And it really served a very important purpose for a long time, but it was also extremely challenging to navigate because we were giving our time to that because of what it costs to run a space like that. And yeah. something that we came to realize was, and this is a really hard conversation to have is that what sometimes the community expects, they don't understand what that would take. Mm-hmm. And again, with that emphasis on people facilitating space, having to have all the answers and provide everything, I think that a real important conversation that we need to be having in hospitality, broadly speaking, but also mm-hmm. speaking of like these communities that we're referring to, absolutely, is where is like where is more of the relationship and responsibility sharing happening between the facilitators and the attendees? That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, yes. thousand, thousand, so thousand percent. we're not going to, and we've seen how our industry has been so volatile. Well, because it's not sustainable. Correct. Yeah. Yes. It's not. And it, and I've learned that. That's why people burn out. That's why they leave these industries. And I've had to do a lot of soul searching. I've had to do a lot of, I've had to have those moments of decorum where I wanted to really have some other words. Yeah. But think about, okay, what is the bigger picture? What are you trying to accomplish? Having to, like, maintain some, like, my own self-respect when I when people yeah. don't always understand. Well, yeah. like, is is yes. this the goal or right. is this a stepping stone to something greater? Yes. Yeah, and, you know, again, I think this is, like, when you want and to... And either one isn't a negative. It's just totally. different. Right. It's just different. And yeah. it's, you know, I think with, like, anything that's, like, a trend, right? If it's a If it's something that, like... And trend does not necessarily have to be in like a trite way, right? Just yeah. like, you know, a movement or something that's happening. There's various people are coming to it with their own experiences. And like, I think we've unfortunately gotten way too far away from having real 
intimate conversation. Oh, yeah, no. And we're letting so much just play out on the internet, which has a place and is very important for a variety of reasons, for visibility, for accountability. But it's often those nuanced conversations and the work and the investment that's being done to really, like, I think, shift culture. Yeah. And people don't want to have those conversations because everyone's afraid to be pinned down Mm -hmm. or attacked Mm -hmm. if they don't come in already being like a wealth of knowledge themselves. But I always find that it's better to ask the questions to someone who knows rather than trying to like make believe that you understand the situation. I think we'd get ourselves out of a lot of trouble if people were empowered to ask questions instead of just doing it. Right. And I also feel as if people need to be empowered to listen yeah. as well. And read. Yeah. And people literally <laughs> don't yeah. read no. yeah. menus. So people need signage, to be empowered. Just need to be empowered to receive. Just yeah. yeah. You know? And things are moving so quickly. And I think that people sometimes like I said, it's that those expectations expect a lot. And I think it would be like sometimes I think we, ha- we can uh, like something and the two truths can exist at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Multiple things can exist at the same time. You can go into a space, a restaurant, or we're talking about like parties, and be like, I love these things about it. It doesn't fulfill these other things for me. Mm-hmm. Where is that line for you where it feels good enough and it feels good to to accomplish maybe what you need to get out of it without mm-hmm. expecting it to be everything, right? Right, right. So It's a fine line to ride. <laughs> I... You know, I haven't said this to you directly, but I'm going to say it to you now. Um, I respect the absolute hell out of you and Elijah for Mm -hmm. everything that you were doing, everything that you represented and everything that you created with Reunion, because when, you know, we had, you know, collaborated Mm -hmm. and... I was in the space, it really made me think deeper in regards to the work that, that I do and that I I believe in. Because like I felt like I, I felt whole. That's beautiful. You know, because I like just being around just like so many diverse identities, mm-hmm. but also it feeling like family. Mm-hmm. And and, yeah. and and but there was no expectation of it. Yeah. It's just like the door is unlocked. You know, you want to sit over here and like, you know, I think I sat there for like an afternoon, like on my laptop. Elijah and I were just, you know, uh, like speaking every every now and again. It's just like, you can't just like, oh yeah, I'm great. Okay, (laughs) great. And we just like kept kept going. You could just be. Sometimes that's what you need to just That's peaceful. Exactly. That's peace. And I realized on a societal level, mm-hmm. I had never experienced that peace. Mm-hmm. And then when, you know, reunion became to be no more, you know, I I was like, oh, I was like, that's that's unfortunate. But then as I sat in it, I was like, damn, yeah. that's a bummer. Because now I'm going to try and figure out in ways to create that peace through everything else bingo and that's exactly elijah would be so happy to hear that because again it goes and thank you for sharing that means a lot absolutely that's exactly why 
we decided to say farewell because we mm. don't want to, and we don't actually find it to be actually very ethical for us to be these. We're trying obviously not to be gatekeepers, but at a certain point, if you yeah. don't evolve yourself out of something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we want people to have the exact reaction you did, which was, wait, this is missing. That was important to me. Oh, how can I create that? How can right. I be a part of, of creating that for myself first and foremost? But if I want to bring that like back in the world, it might not look like how we had done it, but that's, that's not the point. It's about what were the things that made it feel different for you that had that shift and like, yeah. how can you, how can you integrate it? Yeah. 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 And so I was you know, about to be not like, trying to drop not trying to drop a plug here, but <laughs> I just wanna like cheers cheers it up to to you and mm-hmm. every like ev- everything. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I know that we're talking about reunion. I know that we're talking about Elijah. Elijah, hello. Hey, Elijah. I miss you. <laughs> I hope you're doing well. I get your newsletter, so I know you're doing well. Okay. So but honestly, this this is amazing and I'm not going to get emotional I just like it's all it's all of these memories like just flowing flowing back and be like god damn well you know god damn I haven't talked about really like you know it it closed we closed it last November and it's actually very hard for me I I haven't gone back it's a wonderful story because you know everything with intention with with how we ran that space but you know, we did our farewell with uh, events and a gallery um, show of archival, you know, work from over the years. Um, OTV, which is the organization Elijah is the executive director of, Absolutely. was our first event in the space was a screening when they were a tiny little organization, mm-hmm. media organization. Killing it. Killing it now and, you know, really has grown. And they completely took over the studio. So they have made it their place for classes. They are going to be doing screenings there. Mm-hmm. So it's a wonderful story that they grew and grew and grew and eventually were able to absorb the space. It didn't become like, you know, a, a sweet greens. You know, yeah. it oh, no. became like it evolved. Yeah, it didn't, it, it stayed it didn't in the transform into a remember when. Literally right. hamburger Mary's. Right. God. Right. Oh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I Capitalism. Think, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, that it is, there is still some bittersweetness there for me because, you know, it, it did embody so many of these values. We're talking about the things that we, we want, right? Mm-hmm. And it also was really, really hard to do. And it took a lot from us and we um, needed more resources to sustain it and for it to actually be what it wasn't. There were other ways that it needed to be more sustainable. And then you're going back to this cycle of how you accomplish, how do you, how do you make it possible mm-hmm. for spaces to keep running, for people to be paid equitably, all the things that, that it takes. And of course, we're just talking about, you know, we're talking a lot about money, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to some of the like challenges I think we have in our industry about, um, which I'm sure has been spoken on this podcast before I would imagine, which mm-hmm. is like alcohol sales, just alcohol, just owning us. Yeah. And we were trying to be a space yes. that, that didn't. And, you know, 
But then there's also the way the city's set up where, like, you know, you're technically not supposed to have live entertainment without a PPA license. That is correct. And, and you're not supposed to charge a cover. So, you mm-hmm. know, how people and how people that don't have major investors, that don't have ties to the city. How can they do that? Yeah, how exactly. can they consume entertainment in a way that's actually equitable make it. for them? Yes, and make yeah. it. And it's just, it's, it can be very frustrating. Reunion was able to sustain it. We were able to kind of, like, get skirt around some things. But we found eventually that it was, like, we in our roles and our visibility is that like Rue, we can't really be skating around things. You mm-hmm. need to do things proper. And so that's why I think we see spaces. Um, we see them, you know, eventually come, go. come go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and as, as you've been talking, like, you know, obviously I can pick up like there's a little bit of hurt there, but yeah. ultimately there was peace yes. there. Yes. And, and it was a really interesting time, which I, have, I haven't ever talked about publicly, but I, we had our opening of the closing, right? We did it because it was a few weeks long mm-hmm. on 11-11, very intentionally, you know, numerically very powerful at time, 11-11. It was also, um, I had just done a, like a pregnancy transfer. And so oh. I was like, okay, this could be, uh, this is really wild. I'm, I'm, Literally sending off one child to college and then trying to, you know, start my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. And I and I um I closed that out and I found out that uh right after we had closed reunion that I was pregnant. Mm, I oh. saw that happening on the internet. <laughs> but I also had a miscarriage from that. So it was very oh, hard I'm to be sorry. like have this story of okay. I'm buttoning up this part of my life, but it's okay because yep. I, I'm entering this parent era yeah. of my life. And then it just it felt good to be like, okay, and this was for a purpose, like closing this for a purpose. And then, um, and then you know, that was a, a pregnancy that, you know, um, didn't succeed. But I'm then sorry. I got pregnant the next time, so it's okay. okay. And then that's a whole other story. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it and represented... you got two fresh babies. Yes, I yes. two fresh babies. But <laughs> it was just such a wild time in my life to to uh, mark that transition. So that closing really represents, like, that time for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as we're wrapping up this portion of... Uh, uh, of this of this conversation I'd love to hear your your thoughts on just the reality of what can seemingly be the divisive nature of of the gay queer like trans community and I understand that you you're fortunate and not you specifically, but like us and people in general are able to create their own sense of community. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing for me, I'm, I'm using, you know, slow-mo and also um, reunion as primary examples here. Uh, it was just done with no ego. Mm. And, and that is, that's something that, it's difficult to find in traditional hospitality centric mm-hmm. environments mm-hmm. because they're extremely catered to one aspect mm. of 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 that culture of said community. And are you saying like um, like so focused on the people who are right are are the facilitators or the okay yeah, but it's it's the facilitators, but. It's also the attendees okay. because everything's so clickish, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, are you are you wondering like, are you or at least I'm what I'm getting is, are you observing that you see that kind of like 
clickiness or or, or um, well, I'm saying that I haven't, that I haven't, oh. uh, I haven't um, seen it in regards in those to your, yeah. yeah. But you've and seen so, it in other spaces. Oh, hands down, absolutely. Okay, okay. you know, it's just not trying to call anyone out here, but you know, uh, you know the no fats, no femmes group. Oh, you know, the, in the you know, exactly. broadly and boys town and everything. Exactly, because like, I'm thinking like about that. you know in Chicago, our like queer party culture, I think, is actually incredibly. In, like rich and yeah. was, you know wonderful values that I think we over overlap um, and I'm really proud of slow mo and energy and party yeah. noir and the black agenda and you know all yeah. these spaces that have done an amazing job at really like centering experience and and wholeness and all that. So um, I shout out to all my peers yeah, and yeah, friends. And, sure. and, and I think even if we're not always maybe ne- necessarily directly collaborating, we're learning from each other mm-hmm. and, and supporting each other. And I, yeah. and that, and then that begins to really start resonating exactly. on a larger scale. Well, yeah. Cause you see how other people are doing things. You know, I, I've noticed that like we started talking about, we will have a photographer in our language. We will have photography and videography on site. If you don't want to be documented, um, please let them know. Yeah, or you right. can come reach out to us directly. And then I noticed that, like, energies to the small world family, they had started integrating that language. And that's wonderful. Like, we want to be able to learn from each other right. and check in yeah. and, and have a connection. And, and also not have people not show up because they don't want to be, you know, just captured right like and that, you, that you, know? you can yeah. have some agency but they're also in that the important detail of what we were talking about before that's on you if you don't want to be documented yeah. or if you need something from the space someone wrote me yesterday and they asked because Sloma was last night and uh, said you know how to I was paint. like how are you feeling today great I, yeah. I was so fun <laughs> yes. um, having a, had a pain, pain flare up and mm. she reached out and was like is there any seating there and I'm like Guess yes. what? I can reserve a booth for you. Yes. So I just uh, like let them know in advance because it gets very crowded there at Sleeping Village. I was mm-hmm. like, please put this sign down for this person. And, you know, it's those little things. But again, that person reached out. Yes. They said, hey, yes. I just need to check in about this and give us the opportunity as facilitators to help accommodate you, right? Mm-hmm. right. And it's that little piece. Yeah. Now, so important to what you're talking about, and I hope this is, you know, sort of where you were going. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about are things within these spaces where we are trying to accomplish things that we aren't seeing in the macro nightlife hospitality spaces. Again, that's a ton of pressure, though, and especially when you don't have the resources to do it. So what we need to see more of is we need to see the people that have a lot of agency and power in these spaces. Mm -hmm. They need to start making those changes Correct. making yeah. those calls and bringing yeah. people in yes. that have the experience to do that to facilitate paying them what that. they need to do Absolutely. to do that for them don't try yeah. to do it on your own yeah because then that's when we get a bunch of like you know half-ass shit half-ass shit like <laughs> what we saw a few years ago with the like we're gonna do all this commitment and then you don't hear anything two years later we're like what, uh, what happened with that equity plan yeah. right that's literally listen you are hitting all of the heavy hitters all of, of the season points. so yeah. far my all the things you've been talking about it's just like and okay, so I will say like, not slow mo parties in particular, but a lot of events that I would go to, I would be in like the same group of mm-hmm. queers, mm-hmm. and she is very white, mm-hmm. and so we'd be going to mm-hmm. all of these like spaces, and I would be having a really good time, but I'd be like, also there's not like a lot of like people that look like mm-hmm. me in these spaces and uh, 
I was so grateful that slow-mo was a place where that wasn't like the predominant thing. Also, right. like the change towards like femme and like women energy mm-hmm. was also nice because like I feel like in the dating world, yeah. I wasn't valued mm-hmm. in the same way as like non-binary white people Mm. and it was hard to like be in those spaces and like literally I was in a relationship with MJ who was like all those fucking things in one and it was like hard for me to even have a conversation with them about it and it'd be weird when I'm like oh I don't really feel Mm. like going out Mm. but with the changes from like these smaller events happening and people seeing it, I could see it rippling mm, out and changing like just within the community and then like meeting more queer black femme yeah. people and like seeing that there are other opportunities out there and they're like starting to merge together. It was it was nice to see that change happen over the course of the nine years that yeah, I've been here. That's so beautiful. the growth was everything for me. Well, yeah. you know, I think like that's why it's so beautiful that we have, you know, Party Noir, we have energy, mm-hmm. what the Black Agenda has been doing to be able to say like, this is the space that is centering and honoring and, and uplifting, you know, black queer people, but especially like femme people and gender expansive people and that you can also have slow-mo and we should also but that is to me is like also a space where we can say we are also uplifting investing in black queer and trans yes femme, gender expansive people yeah. here too because we should as non-black people also be lifting up and celebrating those people in our community and in the music <laughs> industry and in hospitality it there it's a both yes. it's not an other and so i think yeah. what mm-hmm. happens to your question yes. is when we want to see so much of that we're, we're, we're getting we're closing in on one thing or one place to do that for us yeah. so what you're speaking to which I think is so awesome is once we start to see more and there's that empowerment then you have something like Froskate which is like yes we just see like carefree, <laughs> carefree black girls and, and people yeah. who are out here just want to skate right I yeah. can't you skate know? for shit but I like the vibe right the vibe <laughs> right. but that that can exist and so that you can have yeah. different spaces that you can you know experience that and not expect that one space to give you everything exactly. and that's what I right. hope for and what I I, I wish folks could think of with with slumo. We're not going to be able. I can't accomplish all of those things. And right. I, as like you know, right. founder of that space, can only from what my framework is. Exactly. But who can I bring in to to step back and give them that spotlight right. to do that? And you know, I think it's also about consistency. Like mm-hmm. the reason why that party is is now you know eleven years is like it has evolved, but also over and over again the the emphasis on on um, joy, on softness, mm-hmm. on how we treat each other has been so consistent. And the music, I think, really speaks to that it and does. creates an environment for that. And then yeah. you see that over time and, and it takes some time and you can, you know, feel comfortable hoping that that's the kind of experience right. that you're going to have. True. Right. Yep. And as, as we've been, you know, diving in on this topic specifically it's reminding me of my my background to where a lot of a lot of my blackness mm-hmm. has been in proximity to whiteness mm-hmm. and that is where 
on a macro level, mm -hmm. it's just like, well, damn, like that's not for me. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's just, it's, it's not. Mm -hmm. And, but that's all you see. Yep. And it's just like, it's this weird, yeah, like, you don't even know on a daily yeah. basis how many times I have to be like, that's not for me. Mm. Yeah. Like, literally, someone was talking to me about 30 Rock the other day, and I was like, <laughs> listen, it's not for me. <laughs> not for me. I get it. It's like, but a treat lot of yourself. Love it. I know that. No, that's not that's, 30 Rock. That's, that's Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. <laughs> which is I a can't bop. even tell you exactly. Which yeah, is Parks a bop. and Rec is, is, is a bop. Yeah, see, 30 Rock. Uh, it's a pass for you. It's, it's a pass <laughs> for me. Or like, it's a pass. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of it is. And I used to like not say anything and just be like, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But mm -hmm. now I'm like, my boundary mm -hmm. is making other people feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. recently, the old queen died. Oh, rip. Yeah. Oh. And I was in a group chat Next. with friends from college. <laughs> yep. And they were talking about. It just so happened to be like the day that she passed away was the same day that one of my best friends, his brother had passed away. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about like how they're like eating crumpets and drinking tea and like making soaps and stuff. And I responded, or maybe he's like, you did a lot of horrible things and colonialism mm -hmm. is how you built your wealth. Right. And literally right. not a single text message has been sent in that group <laughs> since then. Yeah. It has been four days. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm what I'm not going to do is like be in a conversation with like three white people yeah. and not say something when I literally am from a colony. Correct. Yeah. Like, bro. Yeah. Well, and I think what you're yeah. talking about too is <laughs> so. like, that having room for those conversations. Yeah, I'm not being confrontational. Right. I'm just like, hey, let's put this idea out. But here. it could be Where? perceived as confrontational. And but that's, I, that's not why I don't care problem. anymore. But so that's not your problem. problem. And I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> yeah. If someone reacts to your truth, that's their projection. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, and that's why I think it's with certain white people, they get very sensitive yes. when you try to have the conversations yes. because they feel attacked, even if they're not being attacked. And they're right. being asked to just like pay attention, yes. Google, yes. or literally use or, Google, or read or a room, to explain. Yes. So you know, <laughs> and I think like that's the moment when you have an opportunity when someone says, "I'm going to take the time to talk to you about this." Mm -hmm. They're already giving something to you. They're already giving you. Maybe they're not like you just said, having to explain or the education, right? And maybe you go and you do that in your honor, not having the whole conversation. Well, the acknowledgement is yeah. the respect. Correct. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, be grateful that that person gave you that opportunity. That's why I was saying earlier, like, feedback is a gift. And it doesn't always feel like that, right? Yeah. But then, like, yeah. process that on your own about, like, why that brought that up for you. It's okay exactly. for it to feel uncomfortable, right? Like, some of the best things that happen and that, that make a shift in you will be because you were uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, that's, again, why, like, conversation's so important. Because when you are there and you're sharing like that space and that body language and how you show that you are like receiving what someone is giving you. And that's exactly. why I say feedback is a gift because you might not like like the packaging or you might not understand it. But if you can remember, OK, there's something here. That well, the dialogue is empowering. Right. Yes. And that's why it should be. That's why when you're asking about like, you know, that tension, maybe I don't always 
like feel great about how something's delivered, but then I look at it and I'm like, okay, what could I take from this? What could I learn from this? And that takes, that requires some maturity and that requires some sifting. But with that, I think it also is important to not automatically react because you know, what's also happening is the opposite reactions happening rather Mm. than being defensive. It's, oh, I'm going to act like I know everything about this. Exactly. I'm going to be this like. I'm, I'm, I'm putting a cab in my, you know, whatever Instagram bio, the and I'm on boxes. what oh land is saying what yes. land I'm on. Not that those are bad things, but that also becomes but that's just superficial, correct? Yeah. And, Which doesn't help anyone. Yeah, and also I think you know I don't know that people who are having that maybe like oppressed or marginalized experience or et cetera is even necessarily looking for that. You know, you're looking for someone to like listen and let you be. You talked about peace earlier. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, that's that's probably more what they're wanting to feel so that you don't feel like, as you were saying earlier, like, um, I have to think something's not for me over and over and over. Yeah. And sometimes things aren't for you. And that's okay. And that's okay. okay with that. Yeah. And the that's, reverse is true as well, though. Yeah. Because when there's like something like we were talking about before with spaces that are more intentionally queer or more intentionally mm-hmm, black, etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can even still honor and celebrate that and not participate. Yeah, 110%. I can be like, wow, (laughs) I love what they're doing at Party Noir and not be there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe Mm -hmm. I am and like they've invited me personally. Yeah. And so I'm going to check in and say, how do you feel about that? I don't have to go. Or just say, like, like, hey, it's, you know, I'm just checking in, mm -hmm. but not in this way that is like so precious. Right. And then that's up to that person to say, to really be honest with you because you gave them the opportunity. Exactly. I just wish we could just have more conversations like that because people are getting too, like, in their heads, heads, having siloed conversations. Mm -hmm. But again, it goes back to like, that feels like a lot of work because in a way it is if you're not having a little bit of, you know, discomfort in those conversations. And I really, I really don't love bandwagon effect. Like yeah, no. when people that do the piling on, I'm like, yeah. something suspect about this mm-hmm. because it takes more like time, energy, maturity. You have to do more research. You have to be more reflective. That's not going to come with an instant response. No. But sometimes the instant response is good. Sometimes you need to like have a moment, right? Where you put someone on the spot or sometimes you need to have that uh, sort of a, com- a community response, right? I'm, I'm obviously referring to call out culture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at, yeah. at what point, right? Was there an opportunity given? Otherwise, what's the opportunity deserved? Because sometimes it's not. Exactly. Yeah. But, and again, this is we all like We believe in really, consequence culture over here. Is, mm. Right. And yeah. I mean, this is all really like nuanced stuff. But I think the defensiveness thing is just like where we really get in trouble because right. then the listening stops. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. All I'm saying is that not everything is for everyone. Correct. And if and it doesn't okay. exist... Make it happen. Yeah. Right. Or, or right. If you are in the space and you're like, it's repeatedly not working for you, don't go. Yeah. yeah. And, but what, the, what is it about, again, to your question around this, like maybe tension in spaces specifically LGBT is like, what is happening when we are expecting people that don't, aren't empowered with the resources to carry these things out but we're not holding the spaces accountable that could do that right and we're always yeah. i feel like there's so in much mar- infighting in regards exactly. to that exactly that's what i was going to yeah. say yes. like the the tension within communities cuz everyone's out here fighting literally for their lives yes. that like trauma bonds people together yes. and then yeah. we other each other yes. all the time mm-hmm. yeah. So it's really hard to like 
switch that around in your brain and be like, okay, it's okay to feel uncomfortable in situations. It's also okay to like understand where someone's coming from without that being your personal experience. And it's okay to like, let them have that. And you don't, they, they might not want your comfort. They might not want your input. They just want to be like seen. And it took me a long time to get there. Cause I was out here just like, there's nothing for me, Mm. but there are things for me. You just have to leave your comfort zone, Mm -hmm. which should start with conversations and then move into the physical realm. Mm -hmm. But it takes people a long time to get there. Well, and I think like, agreed. you know, we are looking to each other because we're like, we want it, you know, Mm -hmm. we're looking, we're saying you're more like me or like, this is a space I want it. I have this, or in some cases, people might feel like they need it. Right. Mm -hmm. And we are like, you know, we're in a bar right now. We might be like, well, I'm not, forget that. I'm not going to expect, for example, like, you know, I work in live entertainment. We haven't talked about venues a lot, but every venue in Chicago is, um, is owned by a white man, I think, for the most part. Actually, I think all of them. There's, you know, Hideout has four owners. One of them is a woman, Katie Tutton, shout out. But mm-hmm. it that's what the industry is, right? So mm-hmm. then we look to that and like, people aren't questioning the security or the language on the website or, you know, how they're approaching these things. It maybe sometimes, but the way that there will be, but not this, often enough. Correct. Not often enough. And then like, you know, the, the pressure is not applied there in the same way sometimes as it is in these community spaces where people are like making 200 bucks. Well, because they'd rather, they would something. rather risk the people than risk the venue. And mm. that, and that's and that's uh, the hard truth about it. So right, because you're like, well, yeah. I, I want to still go see this concert, yep. right? Like, I'm not gonna, you know, or that it feels too big. Like, yeah. oh, I can't, I can't. And again, I, I just keep bringing that up because, and we are sitting in a bar space right now. Mm-hmm. Had these conversations before, <laughs> yeah. You know? um, when we're getting past quote unquote visibility, it's like yeah. you know. I, what is the investment requiring from that person? You want their visibility, but what is that going to take from them? Like Elijah always talks about like, it's expensive to show up this way just to show up this way. Right. You know (laughs) what we have to put in or what you're talking about, maybe some of the ways where you have to show up in your jobs and your experiences, what that requires from you and that investment. Right. So it's just, these, these are like industries that are, are been ran a certain way for a long time. And now they are, are being challenged. We're seeing some shifts, but it's just, you know, still a long way to go. Yeah, exactly. But let's not take away from the strides that have happened. Because I will always say this, Mm -hmm. like as a black woman, it's very hard for change to happen for you. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of, what people want Mm. takes a lot longer to get and they're not used to having roadblocks and so you've like you've mentioned a few times you know that i'm a black woman okay i I was like that's not the direction i was going (laughs) sorry but it's just like as black people Mm -hmm. in general Mm -hmm. we do not expect change yeah no Mm -hmm. like that's not Mm -hmm. something that is even like that's not even like a dim light on on the mountaintop yeah it's just like if it happens it's a fucking miracle shit yeah and so like i just i'm excited to see the little bit of change that happened in the last three years be like overwhelmingly joyful for people who are still active in the service industry. And that's like, 
That's all I want is like yeah. baby steps. Just keep yeah. it moving forward. Keep Don't it take forward. Yeah. steps keep backwards. It just keep it I love yeah. that you said that yeah. because I think that's what we're talking about of it not being like that trend or that bandwagon moment or that. Because people are responding out of guilt or fear that they're going to be seen a certain way. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just all ego. Yep. Right. And when you want to really be invested in it, it takes time. Yep. And sometimes it is small things. And it is that example setting for, our, for you know, your peers in the industry, too. You know, and it it takes courage Mm -hmm. to be that place or that venue or that person that is trying to make a shift. Um, but yeah, that's all Michelle, we're asking yeah. for us just to keep it moving forward. Just keep it going. Oh, just a yes. little bit. Oh, and, and, I, and then I feel like, because, you know, we're, we're hitting, we're hitting time, which mm-hmm. it just like, it pains me every time I have to do this. Like, like, like it just like, like nothing because we could just keep, shoot the shit. keep going. We can always do a part two. I d- that's the vibe b- b- today. <laughs> that's the entire vibe in, in general. I... Just before before I I wrap into you know all the things that you know we know we know to do. Um, I would love to hear any additional thoughts from you, Kristen, in regards to the evolution and your. Mm-hmm. You know your your hopes for um, hospitality centric spaces, uh-huh. specifically within the the queer identities. Oh, this is a topic I could talk about all day. I mean, we are already like talking about yeah. it. But what I would like to see is again, it's about power shifting, mm-hmm. and that's big mm-hmm. though because we're talking about the small steps, but. That is ultimately where the change is going to happen. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're already seeing a lot of that in lots of industries of like, oh, here's queer people, here's black people, et cetera. Right. But who's making the decisions? How are the decisions being made? Mm-hmm. And honestly, who's getting paid? Yeah. And how right. are they getting paid? Right. And how are they um, a part of this story? And it will not change until some power shifting changes. Yeah. So right. I, I wish that I could say it was some smaller things, but I think there's also smaller things that can happen and things that could happen right away to change it. Mm -hmm. But ultimately what I've come to after 15 years in this industry is that honestly, we have to see some power shifting, right? And it can't just be the accolade because the problem is, is we don't, we set, we don't set those people up for success. Those LGBTQ folks, those black folks up for success. If we're like just using them as the poster child, but you don't want to just hire a a manager or, um, any roles that might be in our industries, or right? Award a that's kind of where I was going. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going. It's like yeah. don't just give the award or right. the role because then you're not setting those people up for success. We're no. not asking to not work hard. We're not asking for things that you know we haven't earned. Mm-hmm. But I think it's you know people for change to really happen. A lot of it comes down to power shifting, and that means that some people are having to. What is power shifting? It means you have to give some things up, or you have to shift. And um, that doesn't mean you have to be like, and now I'm closing my space, right? No, <laughs> you don't. Sometimes that can even cause harm if people are like, well, okay, that wasn't perfect, but I really like that for X, Y, Z reasons. We've yeah. seen that happen too, right? So I think it's again like being start just starting to think about that. And so when it comes to your very specific ask about with queer people I think is like 
Who are we seeing there? How can it be integrated beyond just like the visibility? Of course, mm-hmm. how can it be more beyond June or Pride Month, right? We're like gay yeah. 365. It's yeah. not just during this month. Right. And um, again, it goes back to like, like who is a part of making those decisions? And, you know, I think now... And how they're extending that table as well. And how, yeah. Right. But yeah. here's the thing, though, about the extension. It often requires work from that person. So that's why, like, yeah. in, in the corporate yeah. world, it's like they have the the resource groups, like, for, well, listen, I don't work in the corporate world, but my wife's in tech. So, like, the black, you know, groups, the LGBT groups, et cetera, women in tech, or whatever that is, right? It happens in our industries as well of, like, how you have these spaces so you can feel, you know, good. But then you're ending up, like, I remember my wife, like, doing a presentation on Juneteenth, and she's like, I don't want to do this. You know, yep. like, why yeah. am I, <laughs> why am I educating <laughs> you on this? Yeah. You, sure, I'll do it, but are you going to pay me? Because yeah. that's outside of my job scope. Literally. Yeah. So that's Literally. happening, too. And I'm mentioning yeah. that because I think that's where a lot of times we're getting it wrong, is that the people that are holding that power, they're like, oh, I'll have you we're going to have a celebration or we're going to have a Juneteenth menu, right? Just, I mentioned that because it's, it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just, just came up or whatever it is, our pride or whatever mm-hmm. is again, are you asking someone to do more work? If you are, right, how are they being compensated mm-hmm. for that? How mm-hmm. are they getting the credit for that? Um, why is it that like in interviews, it always has to be an owner, right? Why couldn't it be someone who works on the floor? Like that's what <laughs> we were saying in yeah. the like beginning in season one. It's like we want to talk to all of these people we from talk all to the, the different, people. The people, not the yeah. people who are running the show because they can say whatever they want yeah. to, and not be held accountable. And then also, they're also guided. Yes, um, in in their response and. We don't want it's none just of like that we shit. all know how how media works. I mean, yeah, you spe- sure do. Yeah, so you know, and that is why we have the format here that awesome. that we do, so um, because we don't want anyone to feel like they can show up here and it's very rehearsed. It's very right. it's very buttoned up. It's just right. like because the industry is not buttoned up. Yeah, I was just like, what, why are we I, pretending I, that it's exactly, not? I was a mess. like, what are you talking about? Right? I was just like, it's an absolute Hot fucking mess. shit show <laughs> out here. Yes. And all I the mean, dumpsters it is are wild, on fire. <laughs> exactly. It's just like it's a wildly fractured industry. Yes. And you know, there there was a significant hope um, you know, when things started coming back that it would come back better mm. but the reality is it's just like it has come back the same if not worse mm. yeah and that and and that is just the fact of the matter yeah and you know to to get really specific about it with your question around like what to see for spaces yeah it would be the investment it's like we don't we don't have to do the whole song and dance like how can you invest and get out of the way right like <laughs> true I, I mean you know oh. like there's there's funding yeah. there's TIF money yeah. there's TIF. grants yeah. there's all kinds of ways that that the city that cities show and industries show what they actually care about I hate yeah. to bring it back down to money but to be able to open these spaces to right. be able to pay people what they deserve right it kind of comes down to that and you can do things there are, there are other ways to do things we don't always have to do things the way that they've always been done and yeah. we're going to make change to them or have to do things differently. Absolutely. Exactly. So that's, you know, that's all we're saying. Yes. Small ass. Small ass. Put you're us like, in charge. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you're like, all of that is the same. Put us in charge. And then, but then it's like, part two is talking about like, what happens when we get in those situations and we start gatekeeping. We won't go there. We're going to just, we're going to stop. We're, we're going to put a pin in that. We're going to put a pin and then we'll be part okay. two. But Kristen, ah. Uh, 
thank you. You're welcome. Literally You're for welcome. like everything, um, for joining us, for you know showing me peace yeah. personally within my identity. Also, just like really being a just transparent cultural force for being basically yeah. my Tinder before Tinder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. For the first like <laughs> queer event that I ever went to in Chicago for help, like helping me meet oh, basically yeah. all my fucking friends now yeah. as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. No. So well, here's for for saying you know that the IRL spaces matter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being together, yes. yep. it really does matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how do we find you? Well, these <laughs> days with two babies strapped to me in my house, but it's changing real soon. But I feel very committed. And don't forget about your dog. Oh yeah. Oh yes, of course, Demi. I have a beautiful yes. dog, yes. Husky Shepherd. Yeah, Demi. Yes. Also, Gemini. All three of my children, my oh. fur child and my twins, are all Gemini's. And you know, Gemini is the sign of the twins. So it's really wild. Yeah. yeah. Um, double Gemini. Double Gemini. Yeah. But um, yeah, of course, you can find me at Slomo, which is at Sleeping Village monthly. Um, and sometimes we do some other things around the city. It's Slomo Party on Instagram. Um, and then I'm Kristen Kaza, K-R-I-S-T-E-N Kaza, K-Z-A on Instagram. That's a good way to find me. I'm I'm hoping to like get into maybe the the TikTok realm, but I'm I'm 37. I'm in a I'm a vintage. Listen, queer, I'm 32 you know? and I'm not. I don't. I know. I like video though. Yeah, I like to watch it, but I'm tired. Don't, 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 don't do that. Are you trying to do TikTok? No, I'm just saying in general. No, okay, uh, but. Part three. I, yeah. <laughs> Are you talking yeah. about me like bleaching my eyebrows and putting it on the internet, having a manic moment? No, because I was, that was I was talking about <laughs> that should have um, been on my TikTok. DMs are on fire from you oh, yeah. often. From on Instagram, sending you the real. TikToks. Yeah, but am I doing them myself? Fair. Right. No. All right. Well, then that's going to be on hold for production. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Biko production crew, watch out. Watch out. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to have a we're going to have a whole thing uh, coming in heavy on season four. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but on on my end, mm-hmm. I obviously want to thank you again, Kristen. Oh, also give you. All of the acknowledgement uh, to our friends here at Blind Barber Chicago yes, for hosting this wildly necessary conversation. Yeah. Also, shout out to Miss Perfect Pour Delicious. for bringing us some wonderful beverages in lieu of the Garnet Crew. Mm-hmm. Um, also, shout out to the entire production team. Thank you so much, Amanda, for stepping in. Thank you so much, Max, for everything that you do to keep mm-hmm. us on task, um, especially. <laughs> When you do the wrap it up, it's my favorite. Yep, uh-huh. um, and my name is Justin Arnett Graham, and you can find me on Instagram at this is Biko. And my name is Nariba Shepherd. You can find me on Instagram at R-E-B-A-R-U Rebaru. And uh, we'll smell you later. And shout out to you two for hosting this podcast. It's awesome. Oh, we need it. And you're doing you're doing the work. You're doing oh, the work. You're doing it. Thank you. Thank you. And you're having fun while you're doing it. That's yes. very I mean, important. Yeah, yeah I was that's like, I wasn't expecting that. Part. I was yes. like, you made me cry. So uh, on that <laughs> note, peace. Well, Bye. Jeff, Ben yes. and Jerry said, if it's not fun, why do it? We're Vermonters. We're going to shut up. Ben and Jerry. And we're, we're still having fun. Oh, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> Later. Cabbage cheese. Cold hollow. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Give me that cider. Woo. All right.